Finally got him on. Steve O. Blessed Morris, the future of bare knuckle boxing. What is going on, my brother? Oh, man, just enjoying the victory, being fat all week. I'm fat as hell. <laughs> what do you think you weigh right now? Shit, probably 75, solid 75. Jesus. What did you – did you hit 45.0 at the scale? No, I uh, 46.0. I did the pound. They give you the pound allowance, so I, got, I went ahead and took it. Oh, dude, yeah, I did the I took the pound my last fight too. Fuck that. Yeah, if you're going to give it to me, like I know when it's a championship – if I got to be 45 on the dot, but I know I can do that because my first one, I was 45.2. So, yeah. How was, I'm, how would you say the cut was for this fight? My best one I've ever did. Like I didn't even, I didn't even feel it. Like I felt it the last week, but it's usually like the last week. I'm usually like a damn zombie. Like I'm like dragging the practice. You've seen me. Oh yeah. I've seen it. Yeah. I've seen it firsthand for sure. What did you yeah. do? Is there anything you did differently or is it just like your body just naturally slid it off better? I think uh, way more water. Like, I kept uh, – usually I tried to keep up on the gallon, but this time I made sure a gallon and sometimes even a gallon and a half, some two gallons. But that's what kept it off. And uh, foods too or – What was that? Any specific foods or you kind of just did your normal thing and just water loaded? A whole bunch of uh, – mainly salmon and chicken. Mm -hmm. Like, and tuna. Tuna when it wasn't uh, as close just because of the salt. But yeah, salmon and chicken. <laughs> Yeah, I love, especially towards, like, the end of my cut, I love salmon because, like, it's so light, but it fills you up so well. Yeah, and it got that, like, for at least, like, 30 grams of the protein, so. Yeah, no, it's really good. Yeah, that's and, Oh, yeah, that's another thing. I, I added uh, a bunch of, uh, like, the – I got a protein mix that was, like, damn near zero salt and, mm. like, 28 grams of protein, and I was drinking, like, two of those a day. Yeah, that's fire. Did you – when when – all right, so when I first met you – was about almost almost two years ago, I'd say, like probably a year and a half, and you were just eating whatever the fuck you were hungry at the time. Like you were just feasting. You think you think you're a little more like strict. I mean, at least in camp now, you think like you started focusing on your diet a little bit better. Oh, very yeah, very yeah. I figured out that that's like number one. That's but that's more important than the training because when you when I was eating like you just said like just anything and everything. I felt you could feel it in your sweat. Like when you sweat, you feel sloppy. Like you could feel the grease, the sugar. But when you're eating clean vegetables, fruit, the chicken and fish, like you feel incredible. You feel like I, I feel like a superhero in fight camp. Yeah, that's good. Do you think it helps your cardio as well? Like, I mean, I at least know uh, there's like, all right. So obviously there's exceptions in people like miles. Like there's guys that eat like shit and look great. Like this, that's just life. Like that's just an exception. But, like, I know for myself, when I eat right, even if it's, like, placebo and it's just in my head, I feel like I can go so much harder. Like, it's, I just I, feel better. I completely agree with that because I, it does affect it. So, it, and some people are just naturally born with it. Bless them. <laughs> I yeah. wish I was one of them. We're not one of them. <laughs> no. I actually have terrible cardio if I don't keep up on it. Yeah. How do you? How was your cardio going into this last one? I mean, you looked phenomenal. The guy – so, so quick background, Steve-O right now is 2-0, bare knuckle. Uh, he's probably going to be the number one contender in the 145-pound class after this last win. He went to Wichita, Kansas, and fought a man from Wichita, Kansas, and beat his ass and finished him in the fourth round. And what my – so when I was watching the fight, my biggest concern was I knew this guy was going to come out hot. He's in front of his hometown. They booed the shit out of you. Like, you knew he, he was coming out hot, and he did. And he gassed out and you didn't, you kept, you kept your cool and like, you kept it calm. Was that something you were preparing for? Like, did, were you like, all right, he's going to come out hot round one. Yeah. I told everybody leading up to this fight, another background on my opponent, just to give people more background. This guy has had nine professional MMA fights. He, uh, three or four of them, I can't remember, were in actually in Bellator. Okay. So, and in his last, uh, I think four fights or something. It was his last four or five. He got two first round knockouts. Yeah. So this guy, this guy was not no pushover or bum by any means because yeah. people, people were kind of judging him by the way he looks. And that motherfucker, it was probably one of the toughest people I've ever came in face to face with. But uh, back to your question, I did prepare for that because I told uh, all my coaches, I seen all of his fights. He comes off that scratch hot. Yeah, very. I knew he was going to. I was trying to time to where when he rushed me, I could land a straight. But he came in so hot that uh, 
and and not only did he come in hot, those punches landed. Like he, when he came in on me, he landed at least like four or five straight to the face. Like mm-hmm. it was it was knocking. That's why I backed up. It was knocking me back. Yeah. And uh, people were also asking me why did I look kind of tired in the first? Like why was I going so slow? It's uh, and the reason behind that was I wasn't tired at all that entire fight. Like not one time. Mm-hmm. The only time I slowed down is. He, uh, one of his flurries, he came at me. He caught me right under the eye, which I think caused that cut. Yeah. And uh, it basically took away 95% of my vision. Like, he was literally within arm's reach of me, but I was seeing, like, three or four of them. So, yeah. I didn't I didn't know where he was at. And that then the first round? Yeah, that was the first round. Because yeah. if you notice in the first round, too, if you watch the fight, uh, he caught me in the jaw real heavy while I was blind and he was just, he just kept tagging me and I put my hands down and I basically walked at him, just looking at him. If he would have hit me, I, I probably wouldn't went on my ass because I couldn't <laughs> see nothing. I was trying to use that as an intimidation factor because I just put my hands down and just walked at him. Like you're not phasing me. Yeah. And it worked because he backed up as soon as I did that in that five, 10 seconds, he gave me to catch my breath and uh, regain my focus I was bet that's when I knew the fight was over. Yeah, for sure. That's kind of crazy. Uh, Cause if you think about it, like when you train for your fights, like nothing's going to prepare you for a situation where like you're seeing like four of them at the same time. Like usually you get hit that hard. They like stop practice. Like you sit down for a little while, regain your composure. But like in your situation, you're going off instinct. Like you're literally reading your opponent as you see him and you're able to implement these things. Is that something you like gained over time? Or like, do you feel like you've always had that fight ability? It's more of a it's more of a personal personal thing because some people they're a badass in the gym. I've been I sparred with some badasses, but then you see them get in the ring or the cage, either or, and they get tagged one time in the face and they turn into like a deer in the headlights because they're not used to getting tagged like that. And then, uh, but at the, and then for me personally, what keeps me going is I look at fighting as if if this was back in the day, we would be like modern day gladiators. Because we're we're in a we're in front of a crowd of people and we're fighting a bloody fight, so I use that as if we was in here to fight till the death, and nobody was to separate us. Are you gonna let being uh, a little rocked and you can't see your person? Are you gonna let that stop you, or are you gonna fight through that like a gladiator? And that's how I look at it in that situation. Dude, especially with the fucking bare knuckles, dude. That's probably the yeah. closest thing to gladiator you could get to. Yeah, because I'm telling you, I'm telling you, if you guys that that I used to think that it wouldn't be much of a difference between a bare knuckle and uh, an M- MMA glove, it is a hundred times different because you hear the smack of every punch. It's literally bone on bone, and because I could feel some of the punches that I was landing, I could feel like the vibration all the way up to my elbow. Damn. And that's just just because it's just simply bone on bone, and it's it's hard it's hard to prepare for. Yeah, and I remember. So I, I first of all, much respect to you. You're you're a fucking savage. I would never do bare knuckle boxing. Just I, I wouldn't. But, I, I don't. I don't. Even when people ask me about it, I don't. I, I don't recommend it. Like yeah. it's not. <laughs> it's not because it's gonna. If you're not. If you're not ca- calculated in there, it's gonna. You're gonna have a very very short career. Yeah, hundred percent. You're gonna be tore up. You're gonna be scarred up. You're gonna take a lot of damage. And it's going to end your career early. So mm-hmm. if, pe- if people ask me if they should join Bare Knuckle, I recommend do it at the end of your career. You got a name, get you some paychecks, and then head out. Yeah, for sure. But the yeah. one thing I was, I was, I was uh, getting at is it going to a Bare Knuckle fight is one of the most fun things to watch. Yeah, you got oh, yeah. you to be prepared for some blood and gore. But, dude, I remember when we went – so our, me and uh, Steve's teammate, Abby, was the, the first guy on our team that was really like, in the bare knuckle. And when he fought in, in at the Hard Rock in Tampa, I went – we all went to support him and stuff. And I remember, dude, I was like maybe 10 rows up. Like I'm, I, I, like, I'm like close, but I'm not like on the ring. And you could hear yeah. every fucking punch. Yeah. That you hear every single one. It's like a baseball hitting a bat. or Yeah, like literally it's like bop, 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 bop. Like you hear every single fucking shot. Yeah, it's that skin on skin, bone on bone. And it, that just – on TV, you can't really – some shots you can hear. But, yeah, like you said, where, no matter where you're sitting in person at a BK, you're going to hear the smacks. You're going to see the blood. 
Yeah, if you got a weak stomach, it's not something to go to. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, my mom's because, always like, "Can you text me? And let me know how Steve does." I can't watch him. I can't. Yeah, the, because the my opponent's face, I've never seen. Like when we're looking across from each other in that fourth round, his eye was split so bad that yeah, I swear you could start to see start to see a bone in that in the the cut. The cut was like squirting blood. It was like squirting and dripping. It was like. Ugh. It was. It looked like a zombie. I'm like, this man won't go. This man won't stop. Yeah, dude. No, but what to piggyback on what you were saying in the beginning, which you made a good point. Like he doesn't look intimidating. He looks like not that good. But dude, you were throwing some fucking nukes at him, and he wasn't That's dropping. True. Like that dude was a tough motherfucker. I told him. I told him backstage because uh, after your fight, you you got to go back there with your opponent and get stitched up. And I told him like he's one of the bravest and most. Uh, savage people I've ever hit because I have those punches. You've sparred with me. Like I, yeah. I put people down and they don't want to, they don't want to continue. And that man, especially that right hand, that first time he went down, I was honestly shocked he got up because that's probably one of the hardest punches I've landed ever in a fight. Yeah, dude, he was a fucking savage. Where was his eye? Yeah. Do you feel like you I, land fights harder in bare knuckle or do you feel like you've landed better shots with gloves on? I feel like with my with my boxing and my accuracy, I'm pretty solid with with or without the gloves on. It's just you got a lot more to worry about with the gloves on. So that's when you put the gloves on, you got to worry about your takedowns, kicks, knees, elbows. It's just way more, way more to worry about. You throw, yeah. you think you throw when when you wear when you're in bare knuckle. You think you throw harder, or you think you throw not as hard because you're, you're concerned to break your fucking hand. Yes, yeah, yeah, that's a good question because I honestly that goes through my head. I, as long as they're not, if they keep, if they're one of those people like my opponent just was, that come in with their head down. Yeah, you break that shit right on top of their head. Yeah, it's really hard. Like that's why I was trying to time the uppercut because I know in my head if I'm sitting here slugging at him and he puts his head down one time, whether he meant to or not, and you catch the top of that head, hands your broken. hands done yeah, for the rest of the fight. So I feel like I do – I feel like I, I don't really worry. I know when to throw the hard strikes. That's – that's I got it pretty down. Yeah, I, I just feel like – dude, because, like, you want to knock him the fuck out and you want to throw it, but, like, you have to be smart. And, like, I obviously, like, your experience comes into factor for that. But that's another thing I wanted to, to transition to. So you've done boxing. You started off as a boxer. Transitioned yeah. to MMA. Now you're in bare knuckle. What – like elaborate a little on like the different style of boxing itself with the 16 ounce glove, four ounce glove and the no glove. Cause it's definitely different. They're different, completely different styles of boxing. Oh yeah. Well, when you compete, when you uh, fight, uh, when you compete in boxing, I believe you wear a 12 ounce, but still, oh, that's still yeah. big. That's still a big glove. But uh, yeah, there's a huge difference because when I got a boxing glove on, I'm like almost just careless as hell. Like I'm really reckless because I got big shields and I got these shields. All I got to do is put them in a certain spot. And I know my head movement. There's literally, there's, it's like almost, almost impossible to hit, catch me with the boxing gloves. Yeah. Uh, but then with the MMA gloves, you're a little more cautious because you know, they're going to, they're not big shields. There's punches are going to slip through that aren't going to slip through in boxing. And then uh, with bare knuckle, I've realized this fight showed me that you don't need to throw hard to because those jabs I was landing, they were snapping his head back and I yeah. could feel like the knuckles connecting on the certain parts of the face. And it, it was like, you don't even have to throw with all your power. You just got to throw precise. Yeah. My favorite's definitely without the gloves by far, but I, I you just got to adjust to the different styles because it's really different, you know, personally, because yeah. you sparred with boxing and MMA gloves. I think the biggest difference is one, obviously accuracy. Like you got, yeah. you, you can get away with, with sloppy accuracy. If you get in the general area with boxing gloves on versus MMA. But I think the defense is where I, I feel like it's the biggest difference. Cause like when, when I oh, wear yeah. boxing gloves, I can slide that shit. You can parry. Like when you're wearing an MMA glove, if, if you don't move it, it's going to stick you. Like there's no, exactly. yeah. it's, gonna, shit. it's sticking. It's going to, it's going to slip in those spots that the boxing glove would usually be. Mm -hmm. And you ain't got to worry about really breaking your hand with the boxing glove because you're padded all the way around. Now, did your hands get fucked up at all, or, or how they how are they feeling? Yeah, but uh, this this the first one, no, because it wasn't really much action. But yeah. this this last fight, it was like, and after I want to say it was the third round, 
I believe it was at the end of the third. I, uh, people were asking me because they saw me look at my hand on camera and I, that I couldn't feel it. Like it felt like I hit him so many times with my right hand that every time I would land another one after the, after the fact that I heard it, it would, it felt like it was crumbling. Like in my, each time it landed, it felt like it was just shattering. Like I could feel my bones. That's what it felt like. I could feel my bones just like getting, getting weaker and weaker. And I told my coach, I was like, I don't think I'm going to be able to use my right hand this next round. And I loved his responses. Like his response was just like, you got a left one, don't you? <laughs> and I was like, yep. And that's when I jabbed a lot in the fourth round. Yeah. I, I also noticed that because I was, I was watching it with my roommates. I was like, fuck, I think he broke his hand. Cause you go yeah, to the right. corner and you go it like felt. this and you look at your coach and I was like, Oh, that's not good. Yeah. Exactly. It felt, it felt terrible at the time. And then after the fight, it swelled up so bad it was hard to cut the tape off. Damn. Damn. It's pretty much like a warrior attitude. Do you think your uh, do you think your coaches helped instill that in you, or do you feel like that's always come from within? What the uh, fighting through the pain, or yeah, I'd say not only fighting through the pain, but just like your mental. Like, how do you push through that? Like, what is in your mind keeping you like in that fight? Uh, back to the gladiator life I mean, mindset again. Like, if I, if you have, if I was in MMA and I lost a, if I lost a limb, then I have three other limbs that I need to apply. So just like bare knuckle, if I lose my right hand, then my left hand needs to be just as on point. So it shouldn't, it shouldn't mess up your fighting. You should be able to knock somebody out with either hand. Yeah. That's how I look at it. And then you can look at it too, like the most. Probably the most badass example of that is Uriah Faber versus Mike Brown back in the day where he broke both of his hands in the third round and the fourth and fifth round he just had to throw elbows because he had no fucking hands. Exactly. Yeah, if you're a true warrior and you're in that mindset, like, yes, you know it hurts, but you also know if you give up, your opponent's going to whoop your ass. Mm. Well, and it, you also know, too, like, it hurts me, but it's fucking hurting him, too, when I throw it. Yeah. It's yeah, got because yeah. that's another thing that got me through the fight. Because at one point I was like, "Fuck, my eye hurts!" Like, mm-hmm. like it, it was killing me. I couldn't see. And uh, as I was getting off the stool, I was like, "If I feel this bad, he has to feel ten times worse yeah, than me." For sure. <laughs> for sure. So, Steve, just some background. You fight out of Florida, but you're not originally from Florida, are you? No, I lived here for uh, two years now. Here, in, uh, I lived one year over in St. Pete, and then I lived the last year here in Tampa. I'm originally from uh, Danville, Illinois. So, what brought what? Yeah, so what? Let's 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 elaborate on that. What brought you down from Danville? So, from what I know, as you know, being boys with you and training with you, you originally started off boxing. Well, you started off street fighting, then yeah. you went into boxing. And then you came down here to focus on MMA. How did all that, like, what brought you down here? What, what made you transition into MMA from boxing? Like, everything. So, uh, up there, I was training boxing from the age of, like, 12 to – I just – I was on and off boxing for over 10 years. And then I just started seeing MMA, like, the popularity of it and the fact that you could pick somebody up, slam them, and stand up and then keep boxing them. I was like, that's awesome. I want to be able to pick somebody up, slam them, and then just tell them to keep on fighting. And then, uh, so I was like half-assed training. Oh, sorry. I was like half-assed training and not really taking it serious, just kept losing. I I lost seven fights in a row. And most people quit after one or two losses. So, here, I'm about to just leave this here. So after the uh, after the one or two losses, oh shit! I mean after the seventh after the seventh loss, I was like, man, this is what I want for the rest of my life. But nobody's gonna pay to see a guy that they know is gonna lose the fight. Maybe the fight's exciting because I got over half my fights with fight of the nights or whatever. I got a performance bonus for it, but nobody's gonna want to be a fan of a guy that's constantly losing. Yeah. So. I told myself that I need to do something about this. And I've been back and forth from Florida my whole life because my dad lived in St. Pete and my mom lived in Illinois. So I was always back and forth. And then uh, I seen how much the training was so much better here and what they do and 
they just make you way better. And I knew the American top team name uh, from Coconut Creek. So when I was looking gyms up in Tampa, I saw that they had an American top team and that just drew my, drew my attention just for the name. Yeah. yeah you kind of visited first, right? You trained with us for a little. And then yeah. Yeah. I, I, I came down like six months before I moved just to train a week with you guys over at ATT. Yeah. And then I really liked it. So I ended up sticking with it and moving down here. Now, when you came, so, so I remember you telling me when you first started fighting, you were like, not even like fighting in practice. Like you were just going to fights. Like you were barely showing up. Like you were just partying, like being a dumbass. When, when did that transition click? Cause like, I can, I can easily say right now, you're one of the hardest guys in, in the, you're, you don't miss practice. You like, you are obsessed with the grind. Like, when, would the, when did that switch happen? Because normally that doesn't – when the guys like how you were in the beginning, they normally don't just flip that switch and become a workhorse. Yeah, so what happened was uh, a huge part of that was my brother passing. Uh, he passed uh, – I started looking at my kids. I have four kids, and I was like, my kids are going to grow up looking at me like are they going to look at me like they're proud that they're I'm their dad or are they going to look at me like I'm just a piece of shit and that's really what got me to snap out of it and I was like I got to make this serious so and then and then once you get like once you start seeing yourself getting better and better you kind of like get addicted to it so then I started falling more in love with it and my body started feeling better I started seeing the results in the mirror I felt better, and then I go out there and I win a fight, my very first fight in Florida. In the with during the whole COVID situation, yeah, the rise, right? Yeah, the rise. Uh, so the COVID situation. So I went over. We basically fought at his gym. We went to their gym where they train at, and got in their cage, and I won that fight. And once I had that feeling, I was like, I forgot what it was like. I forgot what it was like to win. Mm-hmm. And then once I got that, uh, just a taste of it, I was like, I got to keep it going. There's, this is what's going to make me make money. Yeah. This is what, this is what the people want to see. It's kind of like a drug in that aspect. Sorry. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I feel like I'm really like right now. I love taking time off, like being fat for a week, but it's hard. My body's like, it feels weird that I'm not in the gym. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I can't wait to get back in there Monday. That's I'm getting back. So when you go back Monday, what are, what are your like current goals right now that you're looking forward to? And do you have any like future goals, like five, 10 years down the road that you like want to be? Yeah. So the goals right now is to lose all this extra weight I'm gaining right now and sit at a comfortable weight to where if they want to call me up, if they want to give me a schedule fight, like a month or two out, that's good. Uh, But also I want to be ready if they got like a, a big name and they somebody gets injured because that seems to be happening a lot in bare knuckle and uh i want to be able to jump in there if they call me and be like hey can you make it here next week i want to be like yeah i'm ready let's go because i feel like out of the top ranked five people they put in bare knuckle i don't see any of them being any type of concern honestly and that's not even speaking out of cockiness or arrogant i'm just very confident of my skill set and i don't see any of them being able to touch me is there anyone in particular you're you're eyeballing, or you're just you're just ready for? Um, I, I'm ready for all of them. It don't matter. But the very the only one I see that would be a huge fight. I feel like it'd be very exciting. I'm up for the challenge. Is that guy they put at number one? That Howard Davis, because he's he's six three at one forty five. That's that's unheard of. Yeah. Yeah. So I I feel like that'd be a challenge that I'm ready to show people that I don't care. You could be six five, five four. I'm trying. I'm ready to knock you down. How how's how's his resume? Is he, I mean, he's number one. He's gonna be pretty fucking good. Yeah, he. Uh, all I know about the guy, I don't know too much about the guy. I know he's uh, he trains over in Miami at Slaughterhouse. Okay, it's good job. And yeah, oh yeah, and he had a boxing career before uh, bare knuckle, and he did pretty well there. So, what's is he like? Is he does he have a resume in bare knuckle so far? Or he hasn't fought yet. Yeah, he fought the number two guy that. Uh, oh, sorry. No, you're good. Uh, he fought the number two guy. I can't think of his name right now, but uh, they fought and he beat him. But if you look up the fight, it's it was boring. Like he couldn't put him out. If I fight that number two guy, I'm putting him out and by the third round. Yeah. What? So so you just said he came from a boxing background. 
when it comes to bare knuckle, do you think MMA fighters or, or boxers transition well? Because it's not really like it's not boxing. It's like MMA boxing in a way. You know, like there's yeah. a clinch, there's no there's glove, there's no gloves. Like what well, who do you, from your personal experience, how do you think the transition works better for, for boxers or I, MMA fighters? MMA guys by far, because really? the boxers the boxers aren't used to that clinch. And once you clinch them boxers, they don't like if you go to a boxing gym, they don't teach you clinching because it's not a boxing that you can't clinch in boxing. Yeah, it's like pretty clinch, boxing. Yeah, the only time you clinch in boxing is if you're trying to get uh trying to create space or you need a break or something. Yeah. But uh because if you watch my style, my style, I blend I try to blend wrestling with boxing in the bare knuckle ring. Mm. If you watch my feet and like when the way I grab people and I push them against the ropes and I start digging my forehead into their chin. Yeah. And then as I'm punching you at the same time, you got to you got to try to push me off as I'm pushing you and I'm pushing into you at the same time. So it's like it, it's basically like drains the shit out of people who aren't used to that. And if you're training at a boxing gym and all you're doing is boxing, when you run into somebody like that, you're going to be like, holy shit, what do I do? Yeah, for sure. Do you so yeah your your pummeling in your last one looked beautiful like you can you dominated the clinch in both fights honestly but I just don't think your first guy was the same caliber as your second guy you know no not but at all either. you've been so our wrestling coach Mahmoud one of the best MMA wrestling coaches around you've been working with him on the sitting a lot on on all that oh yeah that whole fight, that whole fight camp we uh, we work all types of clinch scenarios different ways that you could we could try to move them move their body and. Yeah, we work a lot of clinch in the fight camps because we know it's going to be applied, and I'm I'm going to use it every fight. If I'm just going to come out and not clinch them, and they think they're not going to get clinched, good luck trying to stop it because I'm at every fight. Yeah, for sure. I love I love it. It's like that last one they pulled up the stats. I think halfway through the fight, and I landed like over 85 strikes in the clinch. Yeah, you had like you had like a 70 percent landed in the clinch or something like that. Yeah, it was it was a crazy number, and then that that's why I was like, yeah, that's why my hand hurt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just a skull seventy five times for real. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's good. So you've been have you so like when all right? So this is another question I want to ask. Now that you're kind of like you are a professional boxer now, you're a professional bare knuckle, and you've been primarily focusing on your boxing. Have you still been working on MMA? Like, have you still been kickboxing a little bit and grappling and wrestling and stuff? Oh, yeah, all the way up till uh, two weeks. All the way up till two weeks out from this fight, I'm still doing jiu-jitsu. I'm still wrestling. I'm still – I'm in the Muay Thai gyms doing Muay Thai. Like, I'm, I'm going to do everything. The only reason I don't do it the last two weeks is I don't want to tweak a knee or get caught yeah. in a – it, just anything that's not boxing related to injure myself because yeah. I would feel I would feel <laughs> I would feel shitty I would feel I would feel shitty that I hurt myself uh doing jiu-jitsu when I had a bare knuckle fight two weeks two weeks yeah, away risk, the risk reward there is just not it's not worth it exactly so you had about one and a half years <laughs> boxing um how was that transition to the, like, how did that transition to the ground game? Like, were you comfortable transitioning into like more ground and clinch stuff? Did you feel like it was a challenge at first? Like, how was that um, transition from boxing to MMA? Incredibly hard. Like, because, because for one, boxers stand real heavy on their lead leg. So when a Muay Thai guy sees that, they're going to destroy that leg first off. And you're not going to be able to walk halfway through the round. But then same thing with wrestlers and jiu-jitsu guys. Once they realize how fluent you're moving your head and your hands, then they're going to get you straight to the ground. And when you've never been to the ground with an experienced high-level person, they basically make you just feel like a like you're being tossed around like a rag doll, yeah. doing whatever they want to you. And then so, but then you you start to learn it just like I, I absorb things like boxing. So you get better. As long as you're working with experienced people, you're going to learn. If you're just – if you're going with people you're just beating up on all the time, you're not going to get – your level is going to stay the same. You're never going to elevate. 100%. That's one thing I want to piggyback off of is I hate when, like, people, like, tell me, like, oh, you haven't lost yet. Like, your first loss is going to suck. It's going to humble you. Like, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, dude, I haven't lost in the cage yet. I get my ass beat in practice every fucking day. Exactly. I get yep. destroyed I, uh... in practice. And I want – even if I become a UFC world champion, I never want to be the best in the room. 
I always want someone to chase. I always want someone better yeah. than me at jiu-jitsu. I want someone better than me at wrestling. I want someone better than me at striking. Like, and, and, and there's this mindset of like, especially fans. And I feel like younger fighters and you know, you're more of a veteran in the fight game where it's like, you look at these guys like Conor McGregor and like Khabib and like Mike Tyson. And you're like, Oh, they go to the gym and they dog everyone, dude. They lose too. every guy. Yeah. Every guy yeah. in the world gets their ass beat in practice. That's just how it and, is. And those guys, like the guys you just named, they might not say or uh, show that they're getting their ass whooped in practice. That's because they're just not putting it on camera. Yeah. hundred. Yeah, exactly. I could tell, I, yeah. I could tell you right now, there's days I get my ass whooped in practice. Yeah. Like, Makes I go home with no I, I you know them rides you ride home from the gym with no music on just thinking about life <laughs> like, yeah, like yeah just be sitting there driving home <laughs> you have no music on the drive feels thirty minutes longer and you're like bro fuck yeah this shit so just telling yourself I man can I even fight <laughs> do I suck yeah no, that, yeah no that's so that's very relatable yeah. That's a way, but also you're gonna. Then you're also gonna have them days that you go in there and you're just not tired. You're running through everybody and you feel great. You're yeah, gonna have, you're gonna have ups and downs. Yeah, it's just part of yeah, it's part of being a fighter. Now, those guys that those guys that claim that they're not getting beat up or they're not the the guys that claim that they're probably at a stuck level, and when they get put against a high level guy, it's gonna show. Yeah, they plateau pretty hard. But uh, which, they plateau pretty hard. Like they, they they stay at the same level. They don't. They're not growing at all. Exactly. Like one person for a good example that I'm watching very closely, and I was I just want to fight him one day just to, just to say I did it. Is Sean O'Malley? I knew. I he, fucking knew you were gonna say that. Yeah, he, he's going. He's out there just destroying guys, like making it look like making those guys look like amateurs. Mm. But at the same time, he hasn't fought somebody that's in the top fifteen. Yeah. Once, if he can do that to the guys that are in the top fifteen, then by all means, that's a savage. That's a savage ass dude. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, dude. You and you see it a lot, dude. Like guys are like uncomfortable with losing, and like, dude, I don't, I don't, I don't like when I get my ass beat in the room. I don't think I lost. I just think I'm getting better. And like, I, it's like, dude, I can even yeah, call, yeah, like the other yeah. day, for example, I got out of practice. I got ragdolled in jujitsu. Like, I, I, I was in practice with some three time world champ black belt named Thiago. Like, just fucking ragdolled me. And I'm on the phone with my mom. She's like, how was practice? I was like, I got the shit beat out of me. She's like, that's good. You're going to get better. You know, she wasn't like, oh, oh, you suck. She's like, no, that's good. You need to get your ass beat. Yeah. But it, it, exactly. Everybody needs that because it also, it humbles you and it shows that there's, there's always going to be, there's always going to be flaws in your game. I don't care who you are. Yeah. Like even Floyd Mayweather, he has flaws in his game, mm. except he was just smart fight. Yeah, he just picked his yeah, uh, fight pick very, very fight. smart. Yeah. Yeah. But that's another beautiful thing about the sport is I feel like in other – I mean, uh, I, I don't want to say for sure, but I feel like in other sports you can, like, almost reach perfection. And in MMA you can constantly grow. Like, there's always room for improvement. Just Yeah, it's just like the evolution of the game. Like, if you take it back to, like, UFC when they were fighting with no gloves, no weight classes, if you look at the skill level of those guys compared to the – skill level of the guys now it's just insanely different oh yeah it's a completely different level of competition yeah and then like uh like right now like if you look at the evolution of bare knuckle like five ten years from now this sport is going to look nothing like it looks now yeah like i remember one of the commentators even said during my fight when i landed that final uppercut uh when i used the frame to post it on his shoulder and uh set set up the uppercut with just one punch they said that that's like the evolution of what bare knuckle is going to look like in the future because right now you got a guy a bunch of guys you got a bunch of guys out there just brawling and throwing shit just hoping to land yeah and, and then you got people like me that are actually figuring the sport out and and realizing you don't, you don't have to do all that yeah, just I like agree. they are figured out in ufc that you have to do all areas you can't just, yeah. you can't just be good at one area yeah, and I think another thing, too, that's going to start helping bare knuckle is that, like, I would say probably until the last, like, three years, no one really trained for bare knuckle. They were just, like, MMA fighters who'd go in there. They were training boxing, go in there. Now you're starting to see guys that are, like, specifically training and, and, and narrowing their route for bare knuckle itself. Like, they're, like, focused and dialed in on actual bare knuckle boxing. Yeah, because, uh, like you just said, 
Oh, shit. Oh, like you just said, uh, nobody was preparing themselves for bare knuckle fights. They were just coming from the boxing world or the MMA world, and they're like, it's going to be the same thing, just taking the gloves off. And then they're getting in there, and they're like, this ain't, this ain't just the same. Yeah, no way. <laughs> I Because I remember my very first bare knuckle fight in Tampa. Uh, I came out, and I threw the jab. You don't realize the extra – three to four inches that the gloves give you yeah. when you have them on with your reach. Because when I threw my first couple of jabs bare knuckle, I felt like he was still a mile away. And I was like, what the hell? My range was all off. Yeah. And they had to make it ugly. Yeah. <laughs> that happens sometimes, though. Yeah, and that's another thing, dude. It's like people always like, I hate when guys, like, especially like you in your first fight, it wasn't the prettiest win, but you got the job done. Like, people don't understand, like, like it doesn't matter. You're not going to have fucking, uh, you're not going to have a Conor McGregor hand behind the back performance every time. But yeah, at the end of the day, yeah, you got to get the fucking hand raised. That's all that matters. That's it. Yeah. Because actually that, uh, that you bring that up, uh, my very first words out, out of my mouth when I won my bare knuckle fight is when the, my coaches came up to me, I was like, I'm so disappointed. That was shitty. Mm-hmm. I was like, I was like, they're not, they're not going to want to bring me back because that didn't look like nothing like something. I, I well, I'm used to like you, cause you, you know, we, we've trained together. Yeah. I'm, I, I was looking like, I thought I was going to get like a knockout. He was going to be going to the hospital and this and that. So. Yeah. Just got to get the hand raised though. Yeah, but at the end of the day, that's all that matters. That's why when I tell these people, I used to look at wrestlers. All right, I, I'm going to say this is uh, wrestlers. As long as you're doing your takedowns and you're doing, like, ground and pound and you're going for submissions, all to it, keep doing that. But the wrestlers that are out there just laying on people, waiting for points, stop that shit. Yeah, don't – no, yeah, not, and I – and, dude, as a wrestler, I completely fucking agree. Like if I'm gonna take you down, I'm gonna I'm going for a finish. I'm not trying to point fight you. But then exactly. you got guys like Elijah Main Sterling who are just hugging on and counting, looking at the clock, trying to win the fight. I don't think that's that you're not you're not you're not winning. You're just holding. Yeah, but uh, you just trained eight weeks to hold me down for. <laughs> that's all you did. Yeah, hold literally. me down for nine minutes. Yeah. But and I you say, got guys like Khabib that are taking you down and breaking your face. Exactly. Those are the people I say that because a lot of these wrestlers come into the MMA. And they're like, I want to knock somebody out. I want to fuck somebody up on the feet. I want to do this. And I if shit, who they boring? If you're a wrestler, take them down, punch their face in, and make sure your hand is raised. Yeah, exactly. Because if you try to be something you're not, your hand's not going to get raised. And then you're going to be like, oh, I should have did this, should have did that. When you should have did what you were good at. 100%. I agree. Yeah. We kind of see that in, like, professional boxing like some of the boxers like are just doing to get their hand raised like it's a point-based sport now like in mma like it's still a war like you cannot go in there thinking oh i'm going to try to win like the first and second round and get out of this like you got to go in there and kill the guy across from you or you're not going to get your hand raised like you can't just run you can't run from it or like try to work around it like at the end of the day you're going to get hurt in sport exactly and then like you said uh you can't think that you're going to go out there and finish it in the first two rounds that's one of my thoughts I was I had going into this fight uh, in Kansas. I was like, "You're professional. You gotta like you want to end it quick. You want it to be over quick, but at the same time, you gotta realize you got five rounds to go. Mm-hmm. So you need to pace it, but be a killer at the same time." Yeah, and like I feel like a great analogy that I tell people a lot, like when they're asking me, like, "What do you? How do you think your fight's gonna go? How do you think your fight's gonna go?" I'm like, "I'm gonna take what's there." It's like, yeah. it's like baseball. I'm not going to swing a home run every time. I'm going to take what's there. Now, if there's a good ball and I end up hitting a home run, there's a good opening. I end up getting the knockout. That's awesome. But I'm not going to force it. Because when you force it, exactly. you start overextending. You start opening up. Like, you can't force a knockout. You want it. Of fucking course you want it. But yeah, if you start forcing it, it and you start fighting only for the knockout, you're not going to get it. It's not going to happen. And you're going to gas out. And if you prepare, I tell people to not even go in with a game plan. Just go in there prepared because, like you said, if you go in there with the game, then your whole mind's like, oh, shit, I, I wasn't ready for that. So, do now. But if you're just prepared in all areas, then you're prepared for the entire fight. Now, what, what do you think is speaking on preparation? What is something that you did in this camp 
versus your first camp for BKFC that you felt made you more prepared or at least gave you more confident going into it? I would say uh, way, way more running. Like I ran, I ran a lot for my last one, but I, I really increased it a lot. But other than that, I think for my next one, I know I need to uh, maybe condition the hands more. So in Bare Knuckle Fight Club, how many minutes are in each round? How many rounds are they compared to MMA? Uh, pro MMA is three five-minute rounds. Bare Knuckle is five two-minute rounds. Would you say you, you get a minute break in between each? Which do you feel was like harder for your cardio? Do you feel the boxing was harder and MMA was? You, you would think, I try to tell people all the time about this, you would think that two minutes is a lot easier than that five minutes. But if you watch a bare knuckle fight, it's literally two minutes nonstop action. Like that's a solid two minutes of go, 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 go. And in uh, MMA, you get five minutes. It's a whole lot more feeling the personnel. You get, once you get to grappling, you know where you can rest at. Like it's a lot more resting. And, but bare knuckle is just go, go, go. And if you guys even try to stand near the referees right there, like, come on, fight. Let's do this. Come on. I feel like it's a different type of cardio, too. Like, uh, yeah. When you're just throwing 100 punches, your shoulders are gassing out. But when you're grappling, it's like your back's killing you, your legs killing you. I feel like it's just different. And, like, what you said that I really like that you just said is is the pace. What you, you don't – in two minutes, you have no time to feel out. It's just war. Like, you have no, no you time don't, to figure you don't have out any time. Fight. Yeah. Versus five minutes, I can take a minute off feel your pace, get your rhythm. I can, I can yeah. lose a minute of the five to figure you out and then dog you. You don't have time to feel out in two minutes. Yeah, a lot of people don't realize that. Like, I, there is no feel out in bare knuckle. You just yeah. straight, just, you've seen how he, uh, if you watch my last fight, you see they just, they just come at you. They don't even think about it. And that's what I remember for my, when I went into my first fight, because we usually train five-minute rounds. And yeah. I, remember, I remember Carlos, one of our teammates, Carlos, he's a professional MMA fighter. He was like, when you go into the cage, you need to attack. He's like, you, three minutes is short. He's like, very short. Three minutes yeah, is short. Yeah, it really you is. Need to attack. And I remember being like, damn. And then we did, we did like five minute goes, and then we did three minute goes. And I remember the three minute goes were like that. And I was like, dude, I need to, I have no time to wait in an amateur fight. I have to get after it. Exactly, especially if you're, especially if you're a grappler in, in the amateur MMA world, because that three minutes is literally like you just said, it's gone. It sounds like a while, but. Once you get – it's like right when you get to the position you've finally been working for, in a pro match, you would have had two more minutes to go ahead and finish it off. But in amateur, you got – you know, you got that three minutes. Yeah, it's a, it's so a is, different. Sorry, Zach. Because it was so short, did you feel like in your amateur fights you had to avoid going to the ground because you were just trying to finish it faster on the feet? Or did you yeah, – I, you just- I, always, I always tried. I always tried to think every time before – Cause a lot of that MMA career, when I speak on that, I was not even, I didn't, I don't consider myself a full-time fighter until two years ago when I moved here, I, I've been fighting MMA for six, seven years altogether, but I don't consider myself a full MMA fighter until the last two years. So the, the, yeah. the years before Florida, then yeah, I was just had it stuck in my mind that I'm going to go out here and knock this guy out. There's no way he's going to be able to take me down. I'm not going to let it, this and that. I would try to just talk myself up. But then every single time I'd go out there and we'd be on the ground in the first 30 seconds. And then I would tell myself each time I'd be like, all right, next fight ain't going to go like that. I'm really, they're really going to stand with me. And then bam, 30 seconds back on the ground. Yeah. There's like a big, there's like a big, like you said, especially the younger guys of like, oh, I, I don't need to train that. I just know it won't happen. You know, like, I don't need to worry about that. It just won't happen. And then you realize, like, it, dude, it, it, it's not how that works. Like, you have to be training every fucking scenario. Like, it's not – Exactly. You're not going to be able to avoid anything. Like, I met, I remember when I very first met you at my, like, very first uh, wrestling class, and you saw how trash <laughs> my wrestling <laughs> came a long way. Trash. I didn't even know how to shoot. I thought sliding on your knees, like <laughs> sliding on your knees and grabbing their legs was a double. Like I didn't know what the <laughs> hell, but uh, as it, well, as you start to get better in one area, it elevates your other areas. Yeah. hundred percent. Because once I started to learn the wrestling, learn the sprawl, learn to how to get in position for your takedowns, 
it made me more confident in my boxing because now I know I can punch you up and then I can slam you at any moment I want. And then if you try to take me down, I got my sprawl game like that. So it, it like just makes you feel better as a fighter. And just like if you're struggling with your submissions, you start working on that jujitsu because I hate jujitsu. I, I, I'll say that my whole career. I do not like jujitsu. I respect it, the people that do it and the people that are good at it because it is a, it's it's the sport that simulates murder pretty much. Yeah, all that stuff, all that stuff will kill you. So I respect I respect the guys that do it. It's just not my favorite. But you'll always see me in the gi. You'll see me in jujitsu class because I know guys are going to be paying attention to me. And if they know I'm whacking on my jujitsu, what do you what do you think they're going to attack? Yeah. And I think and I was just literally telling Zach this yesterday after practice. I was like, I feel way more of a bitch getting ragdolled in jujitsu than I do in kickboxing. Like exactly. if, you, if you if you piece me up in kickboxing, it's like all right, you were better. Like you caught a couple things. Like it's all right. We only go on like seventy five percent. When you yeah. wrecked all me in jujitsu, it's like I feel like a bitch. Like yeah, you, I feel like a huge yeah, I feel like a huge bitch. Yeah, yeah. It's like you just made you just held me and put me in positions that you wanted me to do, and there's literally nothing I could have done about it. Couldn't right, have done and it then tonight. if this was a if this was a street scenario and this was a street fight, like you literally would have killed me. Yeah. You would have had me sleeping. Like there would have been nothing I could have did. And then I would have woke up like <laughs> I need more jujitsu. Yeah, you're like, fuck man, I need to go back to jujitsu. Yeah. Uh, it's like it's one of those weird things because it can get beat by good wrestling and striking, but at the same time it can beat everything if it's good enough. Yeah. It's just it's it's a really weird, but I do think like, and I I don't know what your opinion on this though, but I feel like if you're someone that's trying to get into self defense, I think jujitsu is the best self defense martial. Oh, for arts. sure, yeah. I think I think every girl, woman in this planet yeah. should be in jujitsu. Pretty like it. My daughters will all be in jujitsu immediately because it's it's like the greatest self defense. If somebody, it's basically over ninety percent of it's off your back. Yeah. And if somebody attacks a girl, you know, a guy is going to be stronger than a girl. But if they got good jujitsu, <laughs> they're going to throw them legs up and either put you in that triangle or snap your arm yeah. real quick. Well, and that's the thing, too, is like even though there is size, like, yeah, uh, there's an extent where size beats everything. But like a girl, if a girl like if a girl that's nasty at jujitsu or even a smaller dude that's like Edgar size, it's nasty at jujitsu and a huge dude or they're just in a fight with a guy way bigger than trying to attack them. It does not matter how hard he hits them. They're not going down. But if you choke them to sleep, it does not size out the fucking yeah. You're going to sleep. They ain't got a choice. And yeah, one, going to sleep. I agree. I agree with that completely. And I also agree that if Edgar sees this, he's going to be really pissed <laughs> <laughs> that you used him as an example. <laughs> he said, and if, even if you're short like Edgar, he's, he's probably like, motherfucker. <laughs> No, hey, mad respect to Edgar, though, and his striking beats yeah. my ass. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just using his he's size one, as a comparison. Yeah, he's one of those people that have you sleeping and confused in, like, yeah. 10 seconds. Well, dude, yeah. one of those guys that, like, I'll introduce him to some of my friends, like, when we're out or, like, they'll see him out. And they're like, you really think that guy could kick my ass? I'm like, he would beat the shit out oh, of he me. Would, he, he would, would yeah. Not only would, he whoop, not only would he whoop your ass. But then he could choke you out on top of that. So, yeah, and he's going to be really nice about it after. He's like, dude, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Yeah, I, I told you to leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> I hope he doesn't see this. All love, though, Edgar. All love. <laughs> yeah, I love you, Edgar. That's awesome. <laughs> now, how, let's, let's backtrack a little. How did the BKFC start? Because I remember you were getting some love from other organizations and stuff as your name started getting bigger in Tampa. How was it like? When did when did BKFC start getting involved, and when were you like, all right, this is the route I want to take? Well, I've known about BKFC like way before I moved to Florida. Like BKFC's been around for about five years now. I remember when they very very they first started like BKFC two three. Uh, uh, they always told me about it because my manager uh, Kevin with Smith Brothers, he would always tell me, like, he was one of those people that he would always see me lose, and he, I'd get out of the cage, and he'd be like, you're going to be a star, don't give up, and he'd always tell me about this bare knuckle. He'd be like, man, uh, fuck this amateur MMA, we could go pro bare knuckle, that's where you belong, you'd be a star there, that's your style, and for, for a while, I would just like, I'm not ready for that. I just, I just knew that if I was losing these amateur fights like this, I'll be damned if I'm going to go in there with a professional boxer 
yeah. <laughs> with no gloves on and get embarrassed on live national TV. Well, world worldwide TV now because they're over in uh, Thailand and yeah, going to London. In, uh, didn't they do one in like Puerto Rico or Dominican Republic or something like that? Yeah, or Mexico. I think they yeah. went to Mexico and uh, they're going to London in July. That'd be fucking so, sick if you got a fight in London. Oh yeah, I, I think I will. Uh, maybe not this one, but hopefully, because that'd be a dream. Because they uh, BK bare knuckle is way bigger in Europe than the yeah, United States. I think boxing in general is just bigger out there. Yeah. But uh, so they, so so back to the question is, uh, Kevin, he'd always tell me about this, and I knew I wasn't ready for it. And then finally, I moved to Florida, and I did get ready. And he was still bringing it up, and I was like, you know what? I think I'll give it a try. I think I should try at least at least get in there, see what it's like. And if I don't like it, I ain't got to do it again. And but if I if I do like it, then I can just stick with it. And then that's uh, we're two fights in now, and pretty damn good decision, man. Pretty damn good decision. Yeah, because if because if you're looking at the rankings, uh, they have to put me at the number one and the number two guy. They fight in the next two events on the 21st and uh, May 6th in Orlando. I'm probably gonna go to that one. You're guaranteed number three though, because you're at you're at four or five. Yeah. So no matter so no matter what, right now I sit at number three. I was number four. Okay. But if if one of them lose their fight, you're up. Then I'm automatically number two. Yeah. If they both lose their fight, then I'm number one. It slide on in there. Yeah, I'm just (laughs) slithering past. (laughs) (laughs) But at the same time, so at this point, uh, my next fight has to be. It's gonna be. I see them putting me as co-main event. Or main event for the number one contender. Yeah, that'd be fucking awesome. And you deserve it, bro, for sure. Yeah, and that, that'd be huge. And, and then I'm trying to get him to have it here in Tampa, actually. That'd be awesome because that'd be huge support right there. Yeah, and, and they fucking like you, bro. They've been posting you a lot. They they really do. Like, they oh, yeah, they were, they they were promoting good. Yeah, they've been promoting me. <clears throat> what were you about to say, Zach? I was just going to say, uh, Steve-O, you originally said you didn't feel comfortable with the idea of Bare Knuckle Fight Club at first. At what point did you feel like you were ready for that transition? Well, the only reason I wasn't comfortable with it, because I was still street fighting a lot. Like, I, I don't mind the fact that it's Bare Knuckle with no gloves. My concern was that it was, I was going to get put in there with a professional boxer who's been boxing their whole life. And if they ain't got no gloves on, they're going to tear me up. <laughs> Yeah. So that that was my only concern. I wasn't scared of the no glove aspect. I was more scared of just the that I'd hasn't uh, that I've been doing MMA for the last six years instead of boxing, and these guys might be coming straight from a boxing background, and uh, I just didn't want to get fucked up. Now you feel that? Are you gonna try to rock the TKFC as long as you can, or are you gonna you eventually want? To yeah, no, I mean, yeah, I'm gonna. As long as they keep treating me the way they're treating me, and I, I know I'm going to get that belt, there ain't no question about that. Once So once I get that belt, uh, my decision's either going to be what I'm thinking right now is I'll either defend it one time or depending on where the 155 class is sitting because they got some killers over there, I ain't going to lie. Yeah, They got they got some killers at that it's 55 class. That's a very deep weight class. But I would, love, I would love the challenge to maybe try to grab that belt and if but if that don't happen, then after I get the forty five belt, I love. I want to do MMA. Like I'm, I'm gonna be ready. Yeah. I want to. I want to be able to do MMA and bare knuckle, and I believe. I believe they'll let me. Yeah. No, you can't because there was uh fucking what's his name, the dude that lost to Thiago Thiago Alves. Uh, what's his fucking? Oh yeah, Hector Hector Lombard. No, 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 no. the other one. He does it, and then the other one, the uh, Yuli Yuli. Yuli. He does. He's been fighting out of Titan. I think what I heard, I don't know if this is true or not. I'm just speaking from what I've heard backstage at Bare Knuckles. Uh, I heard that if you're on like a multi-contract deal with them, the only way you can fight outside of them is if that promotion's paying you more than uh, what they're paying you. Like, and like they'll, they'll, accept, they'll like respect it? Like they'll let you do yeah, it? Yeah, they'll respect and let you do it. So like if you're on like a three, five contract, I mean three or five fight contract and you want to go fight, for like Eagle FC or something, and they're offering you uh, more money than what your next fight's gonna be, then they'll respectfully let you go do it. But you can't, so like, all right, just to get, and obviously none of this is set in stone. We don't know if this is all factual. This is just what we're, these is like what we're hearing, obviously. 
But so would it be like, say you got, say you just signed a five fight deal with BKFC, right? And then yeah. Bellator or fucking some organizations like, yo, we want to sign you to fight this guy real quick. You would still technically be a BKFC athlete that's just doing yeah. a one fight contract. You couldn't like go sign another multi fight deal somewhere else. It has to be like a, you're representing BKFC. Yeah, I don't think, like, yeah. From what I understand, it can't be like, you can't be on a five fight deal with BK yeah, and then go sign a three fight deal with Bellator or UFC or something like they, I don't think they, if it's a one fight, because what it is, is a lot of these BK guys, they get contacted by like celebrity boxing or like, which I just got contacted about that, by the way, that's huge news for me. Yeah, we're definitely going to talk about that. Uh, June 11th, June 11th in Miami, they invited me to be a, a judge for the celebrity boxing. No way, bro. That's fucking yeah, so, what? Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna be have my first first time at the judges table. No they said we're way. gonna be they I said can't we're gonna be wait for you to make a bad call and everyone's like, fuck that guy, bro. I know I, just, I, I was I was joking around. I was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna give somebody like an eight six round just <laughs> just to see if, if the commentary notices my score. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, Judge Steve O'Morris shit the bed. Did, did, did they, didn't they tell him no drinking? Like, <laughs> no. <laughs> you know what? Do you know uh, who the fight, like what, do you know anything about it yet? Or is it still in the works? No, I actually just, I actually got, just got the call today. So That's all I know. Congrats. The only, uh, the only information I do did get from today is like where we'll be sitting is like, we'll be very close the entire time to, yeah. uh, Tito Ortiz, uh, Rampage Jackson. That's sick. Uh, Flavor Flav. Uh, <laughs> he's hilarious. Yeah. Dude, that's <laughs> but, awesome, though, bro. That's huge. Yeah. That's uh, June 11th in Miami if, if you want to come. No, I'll be there. I'll be there for sure. But yeah. would you – so, like, on the other side of that, would you would you like to fight a celebrity? Like, would you love oh, – I would, I would much guys? rather be – I would much rather be fighting than at the judges' table. Well, I hell yeah. That's like one of my that's like one of my dream goals is to fight a celebrity. Yeah, like so YouTube. That's like a big thing right now, dude. Like especially with with all the Jake Paul shit going on. Who, yeah, Trillers. Yeah, Trillers. Yeah, oh, yeah. Trillers with uh, BK now. So no way. Oh, that's right. Yes, they just signed him. Yeah. So that's so a legitimate opportunity for you. Oh yeah, I think they're gonna set some stuff up in the future. No, we lost him. <laughs> Back on the, the celebrity thing, if you were in that scenario, who would you pick to fight? Uh, right now, the, just the name off the top of my head, uh, Blueface. <laughs> yeah, oh, I actually remember you saying this. Yeah, I remember you saying this. Blueface, uh, I'm a huge fan, so, like, nothing against him personally. I just know he actually works out like he trains uh, with Khalifa. That Wiz would be Khalifa. awesome. Yeah, that'd be sick. I'm a huge fan, so it'd be no disrespect. Like, yeah, I don't think I could punch him in the face, though. I'd feel so bad. Yeah, that'd be that'd just be awesome to do. I'd feel okay beating the shit out of Blueface, though. That wouldn't bother me at all. Oh no, no, I'd feel piss ass. Blueface, yeah. I, I, that's an asshole. Did you see him when he fought on Abby's card? Uh, not did they fight on that card? Yeah, yeah, dude, he was horrible, horrible. He was really not good. You there? Yeah, he broke up a little bit. Yeah, he he fought on Abby's card against some TikToker, and dude, it was it was like really embarrassing. Yeah, but they made uh, I'm, from what I heard, they all made uh, the TikToker and YouTubers all made twenty five thousand that night. So, if only that was you, bro. Yeah, what so? so whether gloves or no gloves, I'll take it at twenty five thousand. Yeah, what? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Now, what? Now, this is like a big topic. I feel like I get asked a lot, and like is is definitely like roaming in the MMA world. What What are your thoughts on all these celebrities fighting? Like, what do you think about it? What was the ending? What'd you say? What do I think? What What do you think about all these celebrities fighting? My bad. Say it one more time. What do you think about the celebrities fighting? Uh, I think it's a, I think it's good just for like money. It's good money, but like fighting, they're not like Brad. They're a badass fighter. And if they're just a bit, 
be a badass fighter and like blue face, then that yeah, then I'm I'm not with that. All right, so my this is my thing on it. I like it because it, it, it puts light on the sport, which is always big for us. I'm always oh, yeah. I'm a fighter. Yeah. I want fighters. I want fighters first. <clears throat> and also, like, I it, it the other thing about it is I hate it because there's so many guys like like us, like you, like me, that work our asses off, and we don't get to fight on those huge cards because we're not celebrities, and they're taking away those opportunities from people. But at the same time, I'm not mad at the celebrities for that. I'm mad at the fucking fight culture for that. Yeah, I, I couldn't have said it. Yeah, I agree 100 percent with everything you just said. Yeah, it's not it's not Jake Paul's fault that they're they're that people are getting him fights and he's buying millions of views. It's the fight culture's fault. You know, like they're letting them get this yeah. Because yeah, like we're in there like busting our ass, getting punched for real. Yeah, and these guys these guys just because they have like a, a fan base, they're getting double, triple than what we'll see anytime yeah. soon. Or ever, honestly, we're not. We yeah. we'll probably never make what Jake Paul makes in a fight in my entire life. Yeah, we never. Yeah, we might not ever see it. They just get to do it on a one night, just because of who they are. Yeah. It's, but like you said, it's good for the sport also to bring eyes and. Yeah, I feel like you really have to like love the sport at that point because I mean I know on Joe Rogan they had Bobby Green on and he was talking about I would show up get three K for show and then three another three K for winning like. Most sports, like if the money wasn't really there, you wouldn't do it unless like you really loved it. So I feel exactly. like in your case, yeah. you have to be there. Like you, like you gotta really love love this shit at the end of the day. Oh yeah, and, and not yeah. even the money aspect, bro. Just to be able, to, like, I feel like fighters and wrestlers and, and combat athletes love their sport more than anybody else because the shit you go through, you have to love it. If you don't love it, you're never gonna make it, and the shit's gonna eat you up. That's one reason I feel like wrestlers will always be the most dominant in the MMA game because. You're drilled from the very day one of wrestling that uh, kill, 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 like, don't get tired. Like, it's just yeah. the mentality of a wrestler is the strongest. That's why they dominate the MMA game. Look at all the MMA champions. Over half of them are wrestlers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a different It's a different mindset, bro. It really, really is. And, like, I think that's one thing that hurts jujitsu is a lot of those guys are pussies. A lot yeah. of really soft, and like you get a wrestler like a Colby or like a fucking Khabib, and they're just run, 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 run forward, 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 and like the, yeah. it breaks, dudes. Because it, because a lot of the downfall, one thing I don't like. I mean, I'm still gonna train it and do it just to be prepared for it. But when it comes to jujitsu, a white, a black belt turns into a white belt real quick once you hit him in the face. Oh yeah, hundred percent. And like once a lot of that ground stuff, unless you're like high, high level at it, once you try to go for it in the MMA fight, you're just going to get punched. And once you get punched, you lose position. And the wrestlers, they don't give a shit, though. They, they, you can punch them and they're trying to take you down. You can elbow punch. They're getting that damn takedown. Yeah. That's good. It might hurt, but they're going to fucking get yeah, it. Yeah. They're, they're going to finish that takedown. Yeah. It's crazy. Zach, you got anything else you want to say? Yeah, I mean, like, we were talking earlier about how even in the Aljermaine fight, like, the man had 22 takedown attempts, but yet still won the fight, even only landing two. Like, you can completely exactly. win fights just off your ground game alone. Like, even if it's not oh. working the entire fight, you just – you get it one or two takedowns in a fight, and you completely change the outcome. Exactly. I agree with that because uh, for one of my, my <clears throat> first championship I ever won, actually, in, down here in Florida – over at Rise of a Warrior, uh, for those who remember that fight when I fought uh, Chris Laforte, I believe his name was. Yeah, something like that. Uh, that was the very first time I showed my wrestling. and I, But I was only doing it because I know this guy was a stand-up guy. We were trading back and forth. It's his hometown. And uh, they're going to end up probably giving it to him just because hometown. And it was an even striking back and forth. We were both landing blows. But I knew in my head, if I can just get one takedown each round, that's my round because you didn't take down and they've never been in a fight in their life. So when you when somebody gets a takedown, they take it as you pop them and they just give you that whole round. Well, did something with that takedown, which I think the rules should be in MMA. I feel like the takedown shouldn't count unless – you take them down and you do something within that first like three or four second span. Like you either move position, start striking, or go for a submission. If you don't do any of those three, 
then I don't believe the takedown should count. Unless yeah. it was like a huge slam or something, then. Yeah, because, I mean, we we see a lot of the times they get rewarded in MMA for, like, simple takedowns. But, like, if you don't let them get side control, you just push them out or, like, completely stop their momentum. What did you really win out of that exchange? It's like, yeah, you might, you might be on top of them, but you're not doing anything. Like, it doesn't mean anything to you, like, your chances. Unless you hold it for – five, ten seconds, but if you still didn't do nothing in that first three, four seconds, I still don't think it should count. Yeah. That's right. it, it screws so many guys like that. That Peter Yon fight in the Sterling, like, that was such a – I feel like Yon won that fight, but uh, – Yeah, 100%. Yeah. They just gave it to him because he rode his back for two rounds, and that just shows, like, the, the skills that the judges don't know about. Yeah, and, that and like, at least in the second round, he was throwing punches and shit. In the third round, he just hugged him. He literally just hugged him. And one of the, they tell you, like, the point system is supposed to be one is aggression. K- oh, we're about to get into such good topic right there. That might be the end. Say it ain't so. As soon as it got good. Fuck. We'll just end it there. There's no point. I was literally just 